And hello, everybody, and welcome to another Monday morning edition of One on One, brought to you by the High Top Media Network. Noah Schwartz alongside Jack Pacello. A lot to discuss this morning. So many things went on over the last week or so since we last spoke to you guys in the NBA. A lot to talk about. So, just to give a quick update here on what we're going to be discussing, we're going to Talk about the John Moran situation. Certainly, uh, a, uh, certainly a heavy issue going on with him, and we'll uh, treat that issue um, as respectfully as we can. We'll talk about the Clippers finally getting a win in the Russell Westbrook era last night. We'll talk about Steph Curry. He is now back uh, for the Golden State Warriors. Made his return yesterday. We'll talk about the top of the Eastern Conference and the two powerhouses at the top with Milwaukee and Boston. We'll talk about our New York Knicks, winners of now nine straight games after beating the Celtics for a second time in a span of a week yesterday. And Kevin Durant, he is now with the Phoenix Suns, played his first three games, and of course the Suns, predictably 3-0. So Jack, how are we on this Monday? Probably our last episode prior to our final spring break as college students. How are you feeling? I'm doing, I'm doing great right now. You said it before, uh, the Knicks have won nine straight, so uh, things are good right now in the... For in basketball for me, the, 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 all the games have been exciting. Looking forward to spring break, as you said. So a lot of a lot of good things right now. Yeah, no question about it. A lot of good things going on for us, and we might not have an episode next week. We'll we'll uh, discuss we'll it. Out, Jack yeah. will be out of the country in an undisclosed location. <laughs> I will also be away uh, as well next week. So we may have an episode. We might not, but. If we don't, we'll try to post our Final Four picks onto social media. Yep. Get those up because Sunday, Jack, by the way, forgot to mention this, Selection Sunday. That's true. A week from Tuesday is the first four. We'll have that on Tuesday, Wednesday, and then Thursday, Friday. Two of the best days in sports all year with a round of 64 totally. in the NCAA tournament. So we'll definitely talk um, about how we want to handle that. Maybe we'll post something on social media for it. But a lot of NBA here that we want to talk about uh, on this Monday. So, Jack, let's start. With the Grizzlies stuff, um, it's just it's just sad. Lost a really tough game last night against uh, the Clippers, and we'll talk about the Clippers later. But finally, uh, Clippers got a win. They didn't have John Morant. We'll talk about that. They didn't have Dylan Brooks, who was suspended because of a technical foul um, over suspension. He went to the 16th foul. Uh, they didn't have Brandon Clark, who's now out for the season with the Achilles tear. And they didn't have Steven Adams, who's been out for a while with, a, with an injury as well. So a very shorthanded team. And the biggest absence was obviously Ja. And there's no timetable on his return at this moment, according to Coach Taylor Jenkins. But if you haven't seen it, and if you're listening to our show, I assume you've heard about this by now. Uh, the other day, on an Instagram Live video he posted early Saturday, he appeared to be holding a gun at a nightclub. He, was holding it, and he kind of picked it up in the video, and you could see it very clearly around his shoulder area. And that was what led to the suspension. But there were other things that preceded this that were uh, uh, concerning as well. There was the incident with him at his home basketball court where he got into an altercation with a 17-year-old kid. Um, so that certainly wasn't great. There was the incident at the mall with his uh, with his family and other people that were there at that Um in Memphis, and then there was obviously the other one that happened about a month ago now with the laser pointer with the Indiana Pacers after the game, and you can read up on all those different incidents, but they're all concerning in their own way. And because of that, John Morant said that he is going to step away for a while um, and try to get his life back under control and figure out different ways of coping um, with certain issues that he's having, and you know, hopefully he'll he'll get to that point and can come back to play basketball at some point. But for right now, Jack, it's just about Jaws' well-being. Yeah, it really is, and it is really scary, and it's unfortunate. And look, uh, we talk a lot about professional athletes, and they're always under a microscope, and they have all like you know, like we say, like a lot of us always say, like we'd love to be traveling around the country, making making millions of dollars, but at the same time, it's hard always being in the spotlight. And in this situation, it seems like Ja got a little too close to the sun in. The situation, and I really, I, I really think it's uh, good on him for stepping away from basketball to take the time to just settle down a little bit and get stuff under control. Like that video was scary. I was actually in I didn't think of college. I was in the radio booth when you texted me a picture of that, and that's the first time I saw okay. it with the with him holding the gun. So that was certainly scary. 
But I really hope he can just calm down, get his life settled. Obviously, he has a daughter. Uh, nothing. It would be a shame if something were to happen. If something, if something serious were to happen. So he also has a family. So he just he just needs to be careful, and as long as he just takes his time and he gets the help that's needed, I think he'll be okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll read the statement that, that he said, uh, that he put out after the suspension came down on him. He said, I take full responsibility for my actions last night. Uh, I'm sorry to my family, teammates, coaches, fans, partners, the city of Memphis, and the entire Grizzlies organization for letting you down. I'm going to take some time away to get help and work on learning better methods of dealing with stress and overall well-being. So, yeah, those are just words and not actions, but... It's certainly encouraging at this point to see him fully understand just how horrible these incidents have been, and particularly with the gun video. At least he's getting it. You know, he's not in denial about it or anything. Yeah, which he's is, not. He's not trying to kind of live like kind of two lives, like kind of like Iran artested. Right. He's not. He's not. He's not blame deflecting. Yeah. Right. And so I think that's that's a good thing. He he understands the magnitude of what's going on here. Yeah. But. Really, I think one of the biggest things that needs to happen is he needs to, and other people have said this, so this is not some original take by any means, but but get the people around him to be on the same page with him in terms of what is important in his life. Yeah. Because you see all these NBA players, you know, you call their inner circle, their their, their entourage. Yeah, their close group of friends, people that they're around people all the that time. People that travel with the team and... Yeah, all that. And be in the facilities. And you, you can't have those people... Um, trying to, you know, almost take away from your success. They need to be on the same team with you as you push forward to have the best po- possible basketball career. If they are doing anything that gets in the way of that, you need to try and figure out how to avoid those situations and avoid those people. Yep. Um, and I'm not necessarily saying that all of his friends and family members are doing that, but at the end of the day, there are clearly people in his life that are egging him on to be in situations that he just, as an NBA superstar, shouldn't and can't be in. Yep. Um, no, I, so I, until I, until that changes, I don't really know how much uh, we'll be able to see in terms of Ja being back to the person that we we always thought he was, you know, as he was in his first three years in the league, now in his fourth year. Hopefully he can get back to that, but what we want as fans and as people who just want to see the best from Ja, because, you know, he's an amazing player and we want to see him succeed— just be that young, fun, athletic, energetic kid that we've always thought you were, rather than the person who's trying to, you know, mess up their life off the floor. That's that's really what it comes down to for me. I, I just I don't want to see him find himself in a situation any worse than anything that's already happened because it's bad enough, but it's clearly it could get a lot worse if something were to go on. Yep, it certainly can get a lot worse. And this is a situation for where the Grizzlies, they for the for them as a team, you also have to be very careful. With how you approach it, you have to let him take his time in this situation. Yep. He is the face of the franchise, and he is John Morant. Look, he has he's had the struggles, but he's box office. And he's, he's the most night to night entertaining most player. Most electrifying, in the you could argue he's the most electrifying player in in the game. Yep. And he is the he's the face of the franchise. He is box office. He is the guy that's gonna take you the place you wanna get. You have a great young team, but you can't force him back. You have to say whatever you need, even if it costs you a playoffs this year. Then what's more worth it? This this one single year or the next ten years? So you have they have to be careful about how they approach it, and not only that, like afterward, because at the same time they could be like, look, no more hanging. No, this 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 person, that person, that person. Like they're no longer allowed to travel with the team, the facilities. You know, they could always cut people out. And we've seen teams try to do that to players in the past. Right, but that's the team. Yeah. I, I think Jaws got to do that on his own. Yeah, no. But at the same know? time, you don't want to cause friction when he comes back. Right. That's the point I'm trying to make here. Right. You have to be very careful with how you approach everything, and you've got to make sure you're on the same page. Yeah, no. 38 and 25, the Grizzlies at this point. They're second in the Western Conference, but that's all secondary, right? Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, the for the team, this happened at just about the worst time. Because Kings are only a game back of them now. Yep, the Suns are only three games back. They're very much uh, in danger of, of dropping a little bit in the Western Conference. And as I said before, they have all these other absences now. Dylan Brooks will be back the next game, so no worry about that. But the fact that now that they've lost Brandon Clark to this catastrophic uh, Achilles tear, 
it's devastating for him, uh, for the for the whole really for him and for the whole team because their best lineup possibly in the playoffs. Is yeah, now he was so gone. good for them the last couple of seasons, and we know what he can do as an energy big off the bench. You can start him in the playoffs if you have to. He can play in certain matchups that Steven Adams maybe can't. And now it's a question of do they have enough bodies to get through? And last night they had the 51-point quarter against the Clippers, Jack. Uh, went up by 15 at the end of the third. And then we saw in the fourth quarter, this team just doesn't have enough juice offensively in the half, in the half court to score, right? Mm-hmm. And so all of a sudden all the, all the offense is, is being run through Tyus Jones and Desmond Bain and Jaron Jackson. And those guys are very good players. There's no doubt about that. But they can't carry a team the way that John Morant can. Just they just blatantly yeah. can't. No. And bad. so that's why I think that they're in danger of dropping. And that's why I think the conversation can lead us to the Clippers, Jack. They finally last night, for the first time since the All Star break and honestly maybe for the first time all season, you saw them put their foot fully on the gas pedal and said, We are going to win this game. I don't care how many points we're down. We're winning. With Russ, without Russ, it doesn't matter. This is a game that we have to get because we don't want to fall to 33 and 34. We don't want to fall uh, in danger of even dropping out of the play-in. Yeah. And, and they went and bet, uh, beat a shorthanded Memphis team that they should have beaten by a lot more points than just that. Yeah, and it really was interesting to me, and I said this when I said this on the radio show this weekend, was the fact that the Clippers, they have a lot of... They, they had a lot of questions, but a lot of jobs are also... At stake in this situation for the fact that uh, mainly a guy in Tyler. Look, Tyler's a fantastic coach, but with all this talent, this time he has a healthy Kawhi, he has a healthy PG, they're loaded in pretty much every area. If they don't make a run, like, he could be out of a job, possibly. I think it's certainly a fair argument to make, and he's got to figure out what matchups he wants to play with. And you could argue the Clippers, it wasn't even a win last night, it was more of an escape. I mean, they, they gave up 51 points in one quarter. That's not going to cut it most nights. And that wasn't even 51 to the Memphis A team. That was a, that was a B team for Memphis last night. Yep. No. They started, just for everybody knows, uh, Tyus Jones, so he's a backup. Desmond Bain, David Roddy, he's a backup. Jaron Jackson, and Xavier Tillman, he's a backup. So that's three guys who wouldn't be starting otherwise. David, David Roddy's actually a rookie. Uh, three guys who wouldn't be starting off the bench, they had John Conchar play, who's not always a part of the rotation. Zaire Williams played six minutes. Aldama played 20 minutes. He doesn't always have to play that much. Luke Kennard even played 29 minutes against his former team. This was a team that was as shorthanded as you could almost be, and they still almost won that game, scoring, as you said, 51-30 to 30 in the third quarter. But the Clippers, 38-17 in the fourth quarter, so they completely flipped the whole game around and won it. And as you said, Kawhi and PG were just magnificent yeah and look the Clippers look I'm not going to count them out of any situation because for the fact that Kawhi Leonard is back to being a top 10 player in this game yep. when you look at some of his last I think five games he's shooting he's averaging over 30 points a game and shooting over 60 percent and obviously you know the kind of defense he brings Kawhi Leonard on the season just under 40 games is averaging 23 6 and 4 he's shooting 51 percent from the field and 41 percent from three so he's really been playing some good basketball lately and They'll have a shot, but the Clippers got to get their act together or else a lot of, it seems like, I don't think it's crazy to think if the Clippers underwhelmed this year, like, I'm not going to say they bolt, they blow it up entirely, but I think a complete retool of the roster could be possible. Yeah, it's possible. I, I don't think they get rid of Kawhi or PG. I mean, it's always possible, you know, you could, with, with superstars today, you never know. Anybody can leave at any time, but you'd think they definitely retool their roster a little bit. Like this yeah. group of players probably isn't working. Yeah. Well, speaking of the retool... That's what they tried to do at the deadline. Yeah. And they had lost five in a row coming out of the All-Star break before last night. Yeah. And that is obviously with the acquisition of Russell Westbrook. He's been starting. He's been playing 30-plus minutes a game uh, in all the games he's played with the Clippers, which is now six of them. And he's averaging 15.8, six rebounds. and Yeah. He's playing pretty well, right? And the shooting numbers are not terrible. Um, it's one of those things where, you know, is he playing the right role that's going to maximize him? I would argue no, but the Clippers have a lot of problems, and I don't know if Russ is their biggest problem. Unfortunately, and this is something you can blame Ty Lue for, and I think it's fair, they've used Russ as a starting point guard, which has now eliminated the need for guys like Terrence Mann 
and others to come off their bench, and they, they're playing less minutes uh, with all the depth that they have. You know, Norman Powell's not playing as much. Eric Gordon's not playing maybe as much as, as Clipper fans would like. Robert Covington's, like, out of their rotation. Exactly. And Nick Batum's not playing all that much. Marcus Morris is getting a lot of minutes. And it just seems like a lot of Clipper fans are growing tired of the current rotation. And unfortunately for Russ, like, he's playing a lot of minutes, and people aren't okay with that, really. Um, this was last night was Russ's first win as an NBA starting point guard in his last 15 games. Did you know that? Wow. Dating back to last year, he lost 14 straight before last night as a starting point guard. So I don't want to blame Russ because I think he's playing fine. He was shooting yeah, it's over 50% with the Clippers, just but it's just— he, he does not deserve all the blame for right. this situation. I just think this team is, is kind of broken. And they have a lot of talent, but a tweet I saw the other day, uh, and I'll have to pull it up here because it was it was so funny that I, I that I saw yeah, this and it's kind of like here let me let me read this one. All right, let's hear what you uh, guys say first. This was this is from Anthony Irwin. He he covers the Lakers, and so obviously it's a little biased in this way. But this was after they lost their their last game, and I think it's it rings true. If this tweet would load, oh my god, Wi Fi is like so slow this morning. Uh, here we go. He said, the Clippers are what happens uh, when a front office uh, completely ignores the human element in sports and then refuses to ever take it into account. That is the Clippers. They, they have all this talent. It's, you know, it's a 2K team. Like, it's a fantasy team you put together. But then they don't have leadership. They don't have guys that step up when it's needed. They don't have guys who are like, motivated to play all the time. It's very much just a fantasy team. And that is why they're struggling. Why this roster should be 34 and 33, I don't know, Jack. It makes no sense to me. It's Yeah, it's a total embarrassment. But unfortunately, the rotation's messed up. We don't know about the coaching right now. It clearly isn't stable. Uh, and if Kawhi and PG don't combine for 76 points like they did last night, they're not winning that many games. Yeah, no. I would, I would tend to agree with that. And it really is a shame. And look, the Clippers, they have all the talent. They have... It's kind of like they're doing... Uh, thousand piece puzzle but they can't put the pieces together in a sense they just can't figure out what the right rotation is and when to play guys in certain situations and tyler really needs to figure that out or else they could be in trouble and i really think tyler look i like him as a coach i do think it's a real possibility he's playing for he's coaching for his job in these playoffs yeah i don't agree with that really no because i think most people acknowledge he's a top five-ish coach I would agree with that, yeah. And you don't just find those on the street. I don't know. Yeah, no, yeah. That, that's it, certainly fair. It's and I just maybe maybe you're right, but they really invested heavily in him when they hired him. They didn't yeah. have to fire Doc Rivers, and they did it. Yeah, no, it's certainly fair. Just it just concerns me because with all this talent and you're a top five coach, what's the problem? That's my only. Gripe. I don't know. I don't know. I may, maybe the problem is the guys that have been here for all these years and can't even win. You know, one Western Conference to get those. I don't know. I don't know what the problem is, but they haven't been to a finals yet. And Closest they've gotten was to Game Six of the Conference Finals. Yeah. And unfortunately, they're almost four years into this experiment, and it has been an abject disaster in so almost every way. So yeah. we'll see what happens to the Clippers. But finally, they get a win. If they had lost six in a row to the break, I, heads might have rolled. I, I don't know. Yeah. But you're 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 definitely onto something there. I just don't know if his job's on the line. All right, let's talk about the Warriors. Uh, Stephen Curry back now. For Golden State came back yesterday in a loss in Los Angeles. Actually, third time the Warriors have lost this year yeah. to the Lakers in the last three up, weeks. Just don't match up well with them. Yeah, it's a little weird. And LeBron has not played in any of those wins except for one of them. So very strange how that happened. But Anthony Davis scored 39. Uh, Lakers got good contributions from across the roster. Everybody in the starting lineup was in double figures. They got 16 off the bench from Austin Reeves. They won the game. But the bigger, bigger story here is Steph. Played 32 minutes, so more than I think we both thought he'd play coming off an 11-game absence. Shot 8 of 20, 5 of 13 from 3 for 27 points and 6 assists. He had like 19 in the fourth. He was great in the fourth quarter, yep. Uh, had a, a couple of threes that were just vintage Steph Curry uh, catch-and-shoot threes. So he did that, and he looked pretty good. Looked like he was moving very well. Made all of his six of his free throws as well. I should have said that, but a good Steph game. Question for the Warriors, though, Jack. They had just come off this homestand where they played super well. They went five straight prior to that. Yep, and they had jumped all the way up into the fifth seed in the Western Conference, and they were almost in the fourth seed, just trailing a couple games behind uh, the Phoenix Suns. So they were all the way near the uh, rising, getting towards the top. They were out of the play-in. And then they went out and lost another road game. And the question begs itself, like, how is this team going to win in the playoffs if they're 27-7 and seven at home, which is great, it's one of the best records at home in the West. I think it's the third best. But on the road, 
They're 7-24. and 24. They won seven road games all year. And that is why they're 34-31 and 31 and just sitting around the 500 mark as they have all season. Until they can prove that they can win consistent road games, it's really hard to fully believe in this team as experienced and as talented as they are. Yeah, no, there's no doubt about that. And look, I'm never going to count the Warriors out in a playoff series. I've said this before. Just, just based off history so far, in a series where Steph Curry, Clay Townsend, and Draymond Green have all been healthy, and they all, they, they all stayed healthy throughout, or with, and without suspension, where they've played in the full seven-game series, they've yet to lose in the Steve Kerr era. Yep. So they certainly, they certainly have more experience than anybody. And look, playoff basketball is different, so maybe their road, their road woes can be fixed in the playoffs. You never know. I'm certainly not going to count the Golden State Warriors out of any matchup. No question. But it seems like they're they're almost there lately. And I think the biggest factor in this, though, like even though they lost, they still they they played well. I'm not going to say they played poorly. Yeah, yesterday. Yeah. Yeah, they did play well yesterday. They shot a little bit poor. Jordan Poole struggled a little bit, only three of eleven. But Draymond Green stepped up for that. But I think the biggest thing you have to the biggest thing the Warriors need to look at and look at this as a win. Clay Thompson is, for the first time, is really looking like the old Clay Thompson. He has played so well over this league, like these last 10 games. On the season now, he's up to 22 points a game, 43% from the field, 41 from three. He's really playing some good, efficient basketball lately. And it's not kind of like a nuisance out there if he can just get hot. You know what I mean? He's also been better defensively. So he's really looking like the old Clay Thompson. It seems like he's finally like fully healthy and confident in his lower body. Oh, it's, there's no question. In the last two months, he looks great. He had a stretch where he, it seemed like he was going for 30 every night and was knocking down threes. You know, as you said, 40-plus percent like the old Clay was. But it's – I just even, – even though they're the most experienced, as you said, and even though playoff basketball is something that they have mastered at this point when yeah. they four championships – I just I can't get over seven and twenty seven on the road. No, it's certainly it's, fair. Like you look at their recent at their uh, recent games, coming out of the break they lost, or sorry, coming out of the yeah coming out of the break they lost the first road game again in Los Angeles to the Lakers. Then they went on a five game homestand. They went all five and they look great in most of those games. They had the one Clipper game where they outscored them by what was it 35, 40 points in the second half. Remember they were down big at halftime and then they blew them out in the second half and won by almost twenty points. That was a great win for the Warriors and they beat. Pelican by nine, and then they go on the road, and here they are, three-game road trip. They started out with another loss against the Lakers, and now they have the Thunder and Grizzlies coming up in the next few days. Big games. Big games. And the problem is, if you continue to lose on the road the way that they have, you are going to slip down the standings. And they've created a little bit of separation out of the play-in. They're a game up on seven right now to avoid the play-in, which is better than they were. But a couple of bad games, you know, two, three bad games in a row— and you can fall from five where they were where they are now to seven, eight, nine pretty easily in this conference because it's all so jammed up so so tightly. And I just I don't know why they can't win on the road. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me. They have guys that know how to do this. They've won a million road games in playoff series before. Yeah. But for some reason this year they're just I don't know if it's a lack of focus or what it is, but I, it's hard for me to fully buy into them the way that I am the other teams if they can't win on the road. No, yeah, it's certainly fair. And it really is weird, like you mentioned, like they have some separation. They have a game on seven. The Western Doesn't that, doesn't that feel like a massive yeah. gap though? No, it's so weird. Like the Western Conference, like honestly, every spot can come down to like the last day of the season. And when you look at like say look at the East, you almost feel good that the fir- the top five teams are kinda set. You don't know where they're gonna finish, but you know it's gonna be them at the top. Yes, you know, yes. It, it's really honestly a question for the plan of is it Brooklyn or Miami? Yeah, or to a lesser extent even Atlanta. But. Yeah. So it really is so so strange how that is. But look, the Warriors are an experienced team. I don't think, and especially in the playoffs, I think there's no better coach to have than Steve Kerr. I don't think there's anyone in the league. The only exception I think can probably be there's the only two coaches in the league that could out-coach him are probably Pop, Pop and Spo. Pop and Spo, yeah. yeah, and to a lesser extent, Ty Lue. But there's no, there's no coach I'd rather have, and they, they, just, they know what they're doing. They've had success. They've done it for years. they probably got one to three years left to go for a title. We'll see if they do this offseason as well. But 
I'm never going to count them out yeah. fully. And one thing that is going for them that a lot of other teams are struggling with is they're getting healthy at the right time. Yeah, they're getting they're getting a healthy. Lot, a lot of injuries around the league. They're getting Steph back now, and Wiggins should be back. We would assume at some point. Wiggins relatively could be soon. Back. Wiggins could so. be back soon. They started to play. Thompson started to play better. Yeah. Jordan Poole's been balling, and they should also hopefully. They're I think they're hopeful they could get Gary Payton back before the playoffs. Right, and they, that means they'll have for their eight like, for an eight man rotation they'll have seven of their eight guys who were on their finals team last year. Right. So yep. that'll be big. Yeah. So they they do they do have the health factor in their favor a lot more than other teams, which I think I mean in the playoffs it's a huge thing. Even yep. if you can win on can't win on the road, like if you have guys that are playoff experience and have been there before, it does give you an advantage there. So definitely uh, interesting with the Warriors, and we'll see how they fare the last fifteen or so games of the season. But certainly a lot of eyes on them. Let's move and talk about the Lakers, Jack. They were the team that the Warriors fell to just yesterday. I mentioned Anthony Davis scored thirty nine. Uh, good for AD. He's had a couple games now without LeBron where it seems like he's starting to look healthier. He moved, he seemed like he was moving really well yesterday, which to me is the biggest tell on how AD feels is how he looks defensively and, and how he's able to basically be in three or four different places at once. Sometimes, uh, when he's not feeling right, he just looks slow and a little lethargic on the floor. Yesterday he was fully engaged from the jump. I think he had 19 before midway through the second quarter. So that's a great sign. We still don't have LeBron. Obviously, he'll be out a few more weeks at least. Could be longer than that even. D'Angelo Russell, don't know about him with the ankle, but hopefully at some point this week, that's what it would appear to be because he, he could have played yesterday. There was thought that maybe he would, didn't. Maybe he comes back Tuesday from Memphis. We'll see. But Lakers now have moved up where they are now tied Jack for the 10th spot. Uh, so they are right there. They have climbed from 13 up to 11. As I said, they're tied for 10. So in just a matter of days, if they continue to play the way that they have played, they could find themselves in the play-in at 9, 10, somewhere like that, and be a real contender to move up the last 15 or so games. Because, and I told you this stat yesterday, and I'll say it again. If you look from 7 to 15 in the Western Conference, so from the play-in, top of the play-in to the bottom, everybody in the Western Conference has a losing record over their last 10 games, whether it's 4-6, and 3-7, and seven, whatever, yeah. except the Los Angeles Lakers, 6-4. Six six and four. Four. Yep. Dallas, 4-6, Clippers, 3-7, and seven, Pelicans, 4-6, Jazz, 4-6, Thunder, 4-6, Blazers, 4-6, and, and then you have Spurs and Rockets, 2-8. and eight. Lakers are 6-4. and four. So everybody else is losing momentum as the Lakers are gaining it, even with all their injuries, which yeah. is a great sign. And I'm going to say this, at least, look, I understand the Lakers have injuries. Obviously, LeBron being out is a huge deal. But to me... There's no excuse for them to at least not get the 10 seed. I look at them in Utah. They're both teams right now with one star. And I'm taking Anthony Davis over Larry Markkinen. But Markkinen are having arguably the most, imp- most could be the most improved player. But he's not Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis has been exceptional lately. Uh, he's the guy that's got to get them get them into this. Uh, the Lakers have, according to Mike Green yesterday, Lakers have the second easiest remaining schedule in all the NBA. They have, I think... Of their games left, I think they have more at home than on the road. One of those yeah, ro- one of those road games is also against the Clippers, so it's really like almost another home game. Yep. And honestly, their hardest game I've looked a, I looked a little bit ahead at their schedule. Look, obviously they have the Clippers, they have, still have Memphis, but they're going to get the Memphis B team again probably tomorrow. Their 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 toughest game arguably is going to be the New York Knicks, at least as of lately. And they have a couple games with, with the Suns, which yeah. would be tough. But yeah, give the Suns love the Knicks on it, but the Knicks will be coming off a of back to back. They're going to play the Clippers the previous night. Yep. So a lot is looking up for the Lakers right now. And look, I don't think if they get in the play in, they have a chance to win. I'm not picking them to make a title run just for the fact that I don't think a LeBron's going to have a lingering injury, and they're not going to have enough chemistry with the new guys, especially with LeBron. So I don't Agreed. trust them to make a championship run. But the biggest thing that the Lakers have to do in this situation, they just got to play good basketball. You got to give a reason for LeBron to say, I have not played my last game in a Lakers uniform, honestly. To get or, back to the or honestly. Or with Anthony Davis. Well, I, those are important, but almost as important is figuring out what you want to do with these trade guys that you just acquired. That's fair. Are you going D-Lo's to invest? Not expiring. Yeah, are you going to invest in Hachimura and, and Beasley and D-Lo. pick up his option and deal like all those guys, you have to figure out what you want to do with them and how you want to operate going into the summer. Certainly also a question fair. of how you finish here. Yep. So. so a lot of questions to answer, but to me, I look at it, look, if the Thunder are healthy, I'll give them a chance, but 
if it comes down to the Lakers and Jazz, there's no excuse for the Lakers not to get it. Well, they could be tied by nine, uh, t- tied in ninth tonight if the Pelicans lose. They're playing Sacramento, so that's a game you'd think the Kings would win. If that happens, the Lakers will be 31-34 and alongside the Pelicans and Jazz. So they'll be tied at the ninth spot, oh my God. Uh, which is just crazy to think about. But they could get there. Uh, they're only a half game up on both the Thunder and Blazers, so there's certainly uh, a chance that the Blazers and Thunder jump in there as well. There is so much to be decided left in this conference. And I was thinking about it yesterday um, when I once the games ended and I kind of took an updated look at the standings, Jack. I'm going to break down the Western Conference right now into four tiers. And I just wanted to see if you agree with this. So you got, you got one, two, three, four, Denver, Memphis, Sacramento, the Suns. I think all of those teams are going to avoid the play-in. I think they're going to be in the top six. I'd agree with that. Uh, Memphis is going to probably fall out of the two seed, potentially. They're only a game up on Sacramento. But Denver's got the one down. They're, they're six and a half up on the two seed Memphis right now. They're going to yeah. be the one seed. I agree. And then in some order, you have Memphis, Sacramento, and the, and the Phoenix Suns. will probably be two, three, four. Then the second tier is who stays out of the play-in and who doesn't, and who misses the playoffs entirely. You've got the Warriors, Timberwolves, Mavericks, Clippers, Pelicans, Jazz, Lakers, Thunder, Blazers. All of those teams will uh, either be in the play-in, or maybe they avoid it and get five or six, or be out of the playoffs entirely. And then at the bottom, you've got Suns and Rockets. So three distinct tiers in the Western Conference, and... Pretty much the vast majority of it is yet to be decided in terms of who's going to fare, fare where. Yeah, no doubt about it. And there's a lot left to left to say. I kind of agree, I agree with what you said, especially about the top. I will say this, though, about the top. Sacramento's going to be there, but I'm not taking them as a huge, huge first-round series. The only team I'm going to bet on, they bet they beat, like I'll, I'll guarantee they probably win, is probably Minnesota. I feel confident they can beat them. And maybe Dallas. I don't know if I want to say Dallas just for the fact that Dallas... Um, I don't buy Dallas. Yeah, but at the same time, in a series against them, I understand they don't defense, but they're going to have the two best players on the court in Kyrie and Luka yeah, in, in a series against sure. them. So, you know what I mean? Just for that. But Sacramento's played well. Nothing, nothing against them. Uh, but I'm not sure if I necessarily think they may get out. Like, and it's, I'm curious. Like, say, say they finish just two and the... The Lakers, they were the Lakers are only two back of Dallas. If the Lakers got seven, who, who I would I would not pick the Kings. Okay, yeah, yeah, and you wouldn't either, right? I don't think I would. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you, so you agree with me? Yeah, but okay. I I I do think that they're dangerous. I mean, they're the most efficient offense in league history. So yeah. you got to take something with that. No, yeah, they, their defense is they bad. They got two All Stars. Yeah. Mike Brown's probably the coach of the year, but they're on the up and up. The, the the three the two the three teams in the in the West that I truly say are or four. I'll say. The four teams I'm buying into the most, obviously Denver, the Suns, and I'll say the Clippers and Warriors, probably. Yeah. Uh, probably would tend to agree with you, but I'd probably leave the Clippers out of that group. Fair enough. I'd probably put the Warriors ahead of them. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's talk Eastern Conference. We just mentioned the top of the West and how it all looks uh, with the craziness there. A lot less to be decided in the Eastern Conference, but the most important position to look at right now is who finishes at the one seed who gets the top the top spot and who gets the home court advantage that comes with that milwaukee their 16 game winning streak is over jack they had not lost for over a month it was like approaching a month and a half and they had not lost but they finally did on saturday night in a great game against the sixers harden and Embiid were both phenomenal harden i think had 38 in that game and that was the, his career high with the sixers um so they finally beat milwaukee that was a road game for them but then the Bucks came out last night, and Giannis got a fake triple-double. Uh, you could watch that on YouTube. That was pretty funny. Threw up the backboard to himself, and they won, putting them now out game and a half uh, up on the Bucks, which is the highest that they've been at in basically all time. season. Yeah. Mostly the For Celtics them. have... Celtics have been at the top all year yeah, until recently. just about recently. But the Bucks have now pulled ahead of them a game and a half, and they're playing great. Um, you can see Giannis really starting to gain confidence. I learned this stat the other day. Since Christmas time, did you know he has scored more points in minutes he has played? Wow. That is kind of frightening. Yeah. He has, I don't know the updated status of yesterday's game, but as of a podcast I listened to, I think on Friday, he had averaged 31 point something points in the 16 game winning streak. And even in that streak, there was two games where I think he played six minutes and nine minutes. And he was still averaging 31 points a game. Yeah. 
No, because he had injuries and he left the games early, he'd still average that many points despite no. not playing very much yeah, in those two. And it really is like it's incredible. Like when you look at the season that Giannis is having, he's averaging thirty-one, twelve, and six, shooting fifty-four percent of the field. <laughs> he's not the MVP. It's, no, he's not. It's kind of crazy. I mean, he's the best player in the world. There's no player I'd rather have in basketball than Giannis Antetokounmpo. He 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 just is a remarkable, remarkable talent. But at the same time. Look, he is playing out of his mind. Brooke Lopez has been great through Holiday. But at the same time... There's questions with this team. Yeah, there's questions mainly just because, again, Chris Middleton has still not been able to put together a consistent stretch where he stays healthy and plays Chris Middleton near all-star caliber basketball. Yep. And that for that reason, I'm not fully confident that the Bucks are going to go all the way. And it scares it scares me a little bit. Middleton's only played in twenty one games. He's only started seven. He's played twenty one minutes. He shot forty one percent from the field, twenty nine from three. He just hasn't been able to find his find his rhythm yet. Kind of like he's kind of in that stage, you know, how we thought with Kawhi. Like, is he just going to be able to figure it out and get to where he can play consistently? And he hasn't had that yet. So until he gets that, I'm not fully confident they can go on that run. And Jay Crowder is still, you know, working his way back to being. Yeah, he's. It's gonna take him. And a Jay bit. Crowder, it's gonna take time. He hasn't played in nearly a year. He's only, he's played in six games. He's averaged seventeen minutes, five points, three boards. He's shooting forty six. He's actually shooting the ball well from three, thirty eight percent. So that's a very encouraging sign. But still, you need a little bit more from Jay Crowder. Yep, yep. They're gonna see if they can get that from him. And, and certainly, Middleton's the biggest question that I have with them at this point. Uh, they did make a couple of moves though this week. Uh, we can talk about for just a second. They did sign Goran Dragic. I don't really think he helps them very much as a bench depth as a guard, but I'd rather have Javon Carter and some other guys they have. But, uh, you know, maybe he helps them at some point and helps them win a playoff game. We'll see. Uh, they also re-signed Myers Leonard to another 10-day. Likely they keep him for the rest of the season. So, um, I don't know, nice nice big man depth. I don't know what you want me to say about that. But, yeah. hey, they, they did make a couple moves there. And then as for the Celtics, Jack... Lost their second straight. They lost both uh, games that were in New York. They lost including at the Knicks and at the Nets. Including a 28-point lead at home. I'm oh, sorry, at home. Sorry, you're right. At both home. at the Boston but both, both in Boston to the, to the Nets and Knicks. They blew a 28-point lead. Lost in double overtime last night, the Emmanuel Quickly game. And they've lost three of their last four, two of those to the Knicks. And for the first time, you started to see some slippage. Um, yeah, this is the first time. They've lost they've, the one seed. They've really looked vulnerable. And look, I understand some of these losses. They haven't been fully healthy. I get that they uh, the their their loss to the Knicks at MSG. They didn't have Jalen Brown, uh, Robert Williams. Robert Williams missed the last two two games to them, right? Yep. Robert Williams missed the last two. Brogdon was also out last night, so they they certainly have had their they're they're getting injured at the wrong time a little bit. So obviously that's not a good thing. But and just as their starting lineup is starting to get that chemistry and like that. For, like that format a little bit, the formula, they're starting to figure it out. Uh, they had a couple injuries, so that's unfortunate. They're slipping a little bit, but at the same time, I'll give them a little bit of a pass for the Knicks. The loss to the Nets is unacceptable. That was ridiculous. A 28-point lead. It was the biggest blown lead yeah. any team's had all season. Yeah, 28-point lead at home, and you had two. You had a top-ten player in Jason Tatum, and you had another all-star in Jalen Brown still on the court. That and the defensive player of the year, the reigning defensive player of the year, Marcus Smart. That can't be happening. Yeah, no, no question. They they need uh, not only to get healthy, but at the same time, like when there are games you have in front of you that you have to win, yeah, you got to pull them out. You know, and, and they've escaped with a few. Like they, yeah, they yeah. that Philly game last week with the, with the NB buzzer beater that didn't count. Yeah, that's a game they probably shouldn't have won. They won it. Yeah, but now you, when you have games in front of you that you that you are in control of, you can't blow. Yeah, and 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 I'll say this much. Look. I mean, look, the Celtics don't have the best player in the world, but when the Celtics are playing at their best, there's no team better in basketball, I think, so far this season. Yeah, I mean, they're super everyone, deep. Everyone's a shooter. Everyone's a sh- everyone can shoot the ball with the... With the yeah. No, with the exception of Robert Williams. Excuse me. That, that's the player I was looking to say. <laughs> with the exception of Robert Williams, everybody is a near... Everybody's near or at 40% from three-point range. You have a top-ten player in the game in Jason Tatum, another all-star in Jalen Brown. Two defensive player caliber, defensive player of the year caliber guys in in Robert Williams and Marcus Smart, the ageless wonder Al Horford, who's just incredible. Derek White has stepped up so much this season with all their injuries. Grant Williams obviously doing what he does, and Malcolm Brogdon, who's putting up a fight for six man of the year. 
they're really there really is no excuse for them when they play well when they're moving when they, they move the ball so well their playmaking just as a team in general is so good everybody is willing to make the extra pass they play all in, they play all defensive bas- defensive basketball pretty much every player they're when they're at their best hitting shots and playing defense they're such a tough team to beat yep no question about it so we'll see what happens at the top of the east but uh a lot of questions with the with the Celtics right now. We'll see if they can figure it out. And Milwaukee playing better than anybody in yeah. the NBA, and with the exception of those, those New, New York, York Knicks. Knicks. Nine straight, Jack. They did it last night in Boston without Jalen Brunson. They said, "Hey, you know what? Maybe, maybe, just maybe, Emmanuel quickly is the Sixth Man of the Year favorite because he went out and scored his career high of thirty-eight, I believe." It was 55 great. minutes. Yeah, most minutes that anybody has played all season in any game was the 55 an hour. quickly last night. Um, so that was completely outrageous relative to what expectations were for Emmanuel quickly going into his career and into the season. He is one of the favorites for the award, uh, has jumped right near the top at this point alongside guys like Brogdon and Norman Powell. And the Knicks are playing with this confidence that you haven't seen from them in a long time. You saw quickly last night dancing around, he clowning was, the Celtics. It just he, he looks like a guy. Bopping. Yeah, he just looks like a guy who knows he belongs. And the Knicks look like a team that knows they belong. And I don't necessarily know if that's true. I don't I still don't believe that they can win a playoff series very much. I I, I don't love the roster in a lot of ways. But they believe in themselves, and that's a lot of what matters here. It's the the you can look at the advanced numbers and it's it's certainly not perfect. But at the end of the day, they're 39-27, and 27, and if you would have told me that at the beginning of the season and that they'd have two guys with all-NBA cases, I would have laughed at you. Yeah. So it's amazing that they're at this point. Yeah, and really, I, I want to give I want to give credit to a lot of different things. Uh, let's start with uh, let's start with the players. Obviously, they they they're playing with such for the first time in a long time. Like even even the season they won, even the season that, even a couple years ago, Julius Randle's most improved season. Obviously, this is a much better team, but like they didn't really play with like a swagger and like no, they didn't really act like style. they belong. Yeah, they they, they were kind of like we're just happy to be here. You yeah. know what I mean? Yep. This is a team that is like saying like, look, we're here. We we ain't here just to have a good time. You know, we're we're gonna we're gonna get, we're gonna give you a problem. We're gonna make you fear us. You know that kind of thing. They they're kind of pointing their finger and they're saying don't don't laugh at us anymore. And uh, when you look at this roster, look, they don't have. A, in terms of young talent, they don't have a guy. They don't have a guy that is literally you'd think is this guy could be like a future MVP, a future All Star. But you really have to give credit a lot in the last couple of years to Leon Rose and and some of the coaching staff. They've developed a lot of players who were drafted late, and they've really turned them into valuable pieces. Mitchell Robinson was a second round pick. Quentin Grimes was. A late pick in the first round. He was in the mid twenties, I believe. He was like twenty seven. Yeah, he was twenty seven. Quickly, yeah. was twenty six. They've done a good job at finding talent and turning them into real NBA players. And then, obviously, good on him, good on getting Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle. They've signed two guys and they've turned them into all star near near all star caliber players. So certainly, they've done a good job on that front. And I really, with especially last night. In, in Boston, without your best player, at least in my opinion, I think Jalen Brunson is the Knicks' best player. He is their best player. Some could argue it's Julius Randle. I think it's Jalen Brunson. Without their best player, they went into the ball. They went into the TD Garden and they battled every second that clock was ticking. There was a point where they were down 15, and they could have easily folded. Like, look, we don't have our best player. It's been fun. We've competed at least the first half. They fought their way back, and they were up by one going into the fourth quarter. I think they led in the fourth by 11. 11 yeah. And then they blew that lead. Yeah, and but then they Tatum kept, was amazing at the end, and yeah. they still came back and, they, and won the game. And they like after getting demoralized, like they still came back and they won with with that game. Obviously, look, I'm still not saying they're going to win a title, but before I thought there was no chance they could legitimately beat Cleveland in the first round. I think now I'm not going to pick them, but they could do it. With every game, I get a little bit more convinced. I just. I don't know. I just I, I still I still yeah. don't see. Like, it. I think that I that this is gonna, that's going to be a really. Would fun you series. pick them? I don't know. I, I'm probably going to say no, just because the last time I, like, I definitely wouldn't pick them. Yeah, I, I think I'm still going to go with Cleveland because Donovan Mitchell is going to be the best player in the series. But they, they're 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 going to give Cleveland a run for their money. Yeah, it it could be a competitive series. If they, I wouldn't be surprised now. 
you know, a week and a half after yeah. I said it the last time. I, I don't think they can take it to six before. I think they could do that now. Yeah. And it's no, but also and, and, and have a shot. And also, it's certainly possible by we're recording this Monday. It's certainly possible by tomorrow night the Knicks will be tied with Cleveland because tonight Cleveland has Boston. Back to back for the for the Celtics. Yeah, back to back for the Celtics, but Cleveland has Boston. Certainly, it's a very tough game, and the Knicks have the Hornets. So, if the Cavs lose and the Knicks win Tuesday against Charlotte, Knicks could be tied for the four seed. Yep. So the and Knicks, that would help. Yeah, home, but again, home. I'll say this again. I said it last week. I'll say it again, especially last night. The most important thing, though, for the Knicks, again, they are giving a star a basketball reason to want to be here. Yep. That is the biggest reason why this is important. The Knicks aren't winning a title this year, but look. Last night, without Jalen Brunson, these guys were out there. They were competing. They played hard. Julius Randle, even in a night where it seemed like he was a little bit off, he still dropped 30. And hit some huge shots. Yeah, and hit some big-time buckets. They have tradable tradable pieces in Mitchell Robinson, who's been playing just unbelievable lately. And R.J. Barrett, who had a very nice game last night. Obi Toppin. They have affordable contracts like Derrick Rose, Evan Fournier. And they have guys. They have two guys in Jalen Brunson, Julius Randle, and honestly, you could argue a third guy, near sixth man of the year favorite, and Emmanuel quickly after last night. Yeah, I think I think him and him and Brogdon now are the two favorites. Yeah, the betting odds. I, I haven't checked Powell, it with Powell uh, out in the last hour or so, but when I looked last night, it, he was moving up quickly. Yeah. So, so yeah, no pun no, intended. No pun intended. I honestly, didn't mean to do. So that. the Knicks are really giving. The Knicks are really going to give a couple of guys this offseason who are looking to change teams. You got to look at them. At least for at least for, at least as of right now. Yeah, no, you're right. You're you're certainly right about it. And um, you do know, you think Thibodeau is earning coach of the? I, I still think it's Mike Brown. Do you think he's put himself in coach of the year conversation? Eh. Who would be your top three? I'm curious. Uh, so Mike Brown's my winner. Obviously, I yeah. think that's. Pretty, I agree. Mike Brown's obvious. my winner too. Um. I think I'd say Michael Malone. I agree. And. I'd probably say J.B. Bickerstaff, but I guess Thibodeau could be up in that range. And Missoula, too. Yeah, Missoula's been fantastic yeah. as well. Uh, those are probably my my top front runners. If I yeah, pick I, I know. I'm curious where you put Thibs in He's there. He's somewhere just, in there, though. Just because just of the success lately. Yeah. And, like, look, I picked the Knicks this season. I thought they were going to finish around between anywhere from 6 to 10. I thought they were going to win 41 games. They could legitimately win fifty games. Yeah, they they only have to go eleven and five the rest of the year to win fifty yeah. games. And if they could win fifty games, it would be the Knicks' first fifty win season since Carmelo. Since Carmelo, it would only be I think the second of the century. Yeah. Right. Am I right about that? Yep. So that would be an amazing achievement. They, 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 but to do that also to be fair, a little bit the season obviously they were the four seed. That was forty-five games in a seventy-two game season. They probably won one fifty. Fair, fair. So maybe, maybe you could say maybe so. You could say third. third you right. know what I mean? Two, two and a half. Like, yeah, that was season. Yeah, no, that was like forty-five, but it could have been fifty with another ten games. Fair. Possibly. So that's why I say that. It would be another successful year for the Knicks, regardless of, of kind of what happens from here. The fact that they're even at this position is shocking yeah. and really amazing. Um, they're fifth in offense, so they've done but a great 30th job. Thirtieth in that playmaking. End. That's the only thing that bothers me. That I was gonna, I was gonna get to that. Yeah, they're thirtieth in assist rate. I don't know how it's possible you win nine games or nine games in a row with that. Well, that's that's game. the thing. They still won the game last night. But my main takeaway from it, in terms of what the Knicks really need to work on, in late game situations, offensively, they are lost. Yeah, totally. I like they have no idea how to get an open shot. Yeah, and no. they still won the game because of it because they got enough stops and quickly was so amazing with his individual shot making. Randall, yeah, too. Randall just hits clutch shots. Yeah, now. they they've done it and it's it's worked and they're making it work night to night. But I don't think you can win multiple playoff series or possibly even one playoff series with that as your late game recipe. It like you're gonna phase Donovan Mitchell in the first round. Put the ball in that guy's hands in an isolation situation, and I'll be confident he can score most of the time. I agree. I, I don't feel about that with any of the Knicks yeah. players. I feel game. confident the Knicks are actually they're very they, their defense late in games has been really good. Yes, and they've started to stop a lot of people. Look, yesterday they 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 had a little bit of problems rebounding, but normally late in games defensively they've been really good. And also the big thing, but big things like lastly their their last four games were really important and. When you look at like this nine game winning streak, it has not been. This hasn't been. It's like they've been playing the Pistons. No, 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 no definitely not. They have been playing real teams throughout. They're, they beat Boston twice in the last week, and more importantly, their other two games, which is so important, they won. They beat Brooklyn and Miami. They secured. There's like they can't have Miami or Brooklyn can't have a tiebreaker over them. Well, let me let me just I can react. They're, they're two and, yeah, they're two and two against Brooklyn this year, and they're two and zero oh against Miami. So they beat the Jazz in the first game. That was a nice I mean, win against an uh, All Star decent team. 
the Nets they beat, they beat the Hawks by 20, they beat the Wizards. All those teams are playing-ish caliber, potentially a little bit better. Pelicans they blew out, they beat the Celtics last week. Uh, Nets by 20-something, Heat, Celtics, and now Hornets coming up Tuesday. None of those teams are like, guaranteed lottery teams. None of those teams are in the Wembenyama race. Right. Now, some of them might get there. We'll see about like yeah. what Utah does and maybe the Wizards or something. But for the most part, those teams are all going to at least be in the play-in, which is very impressive that you're beating teams that are at least relatively even. And are fighting for playoff spots yep. and trying to get there. Like, they're playing desperate basketball. Yep. And there were some road games in there as well. They beat you know at, at the Heat, at the Celtics, in Atlanta, uh, in Washington. So there were four road games in the stretch. Um just encouraging signs night by night. Yeah, and encouraging signs. Close if, if you're a Knicks fan, look, time's been dark, but there's no reason right now not to be excited. Yep, no question about it. Uh, just a lot of fun things happening in the city. And that's just uh, honestly a rarity in, in yeah. New York City when it comes to basketball over yeah. recent years. It just, you don't see that. So for people to be excited and happy, even if it doesn't lead to a championship, it's it's good sign to see. Yeah, and, for the, and again, I'm saying, like, again. And like Brian Whithorst and a couple of ESPN guys said it, uh, they said, like, because the Knicks, the Knicks are playing the way they are. When you play like this, it's not. It's not because you're just appealing. You're just giving stars the idea of the big city. Because they're actually playing good basketball. This is what's going to get them a star. Is it's what happens with the Nets with Durant? Exactly. Yep. And like Whitmore said, like a star is going to. Like he's like confident now. He even said he's super confident. In the next two years, the Knicks are going to get that one of those guys. We'll My see. Fingers are. We'll see what happens. Lost. No question about that. Okay. Finally, Jack, last thing we want to get to here. Uh, we haven't really given them any discussion on the episode today, so we need to. Let's talk about the Phoenix Suns. Let's do it. 3-0 and since the acquisition of Durant and him actually getting his knee healthy and playing. So they've won their last three games. KD, it, it, I'll say this. There's been a lot of guys in the history of the NBA with injury problems who have been out a lot. I have never seen anyone, ever, who comes back from injuries the way that Kevin Durant does. It is a freaking miracle. Yeah. Every I gotta, time I gotta this guy ready. comes back, whether it's an Achilles tear, an MCL sprain, whatever it is, no matter what injury he sustains, he comes back and looks like the old Kevin Durant instantly. Yeah, so it is unbelievable. Let me, let me ask you a question. I want to know honestly your opinion. I'm going to read off these stats. Tell me if you think they're impressive. Yeah. I mean, obviously it's only three games, but coming off an injury, is averaging 27 points a game, seven rebounds, four assists, on 14 shots, shooting 69% from the field oh and 54% from three. Is that pretty good? I'm not sure. Hey, dude, he's just unbelievable. 60. He's shooting 70%. And this is, remember, this is him getting integrated into somebody yeah. else's system. Yeah. And this, he, is not, this is not one of those things where you know, he comes back and he knows all of his teammates and he knows the system and he totally knows all the plays and everything. No. He was sitting on the sidelines for weeks trying to figure all this out without him actually being out there. And now he's playing, and he looks like he's been with the Suns for years. Like, how does he do it? I, I, I sincerely do not no, know. I, I, re- I really like this. I think the Suns, like, honestly, look, I'm not counting out Denver and Jokic, but I think the Suns are really going to make a run for the finals. Well, and here's why. I'll say this. If Kevin Durant stays healthy with Booker. If they're healthy, they'll be dangerous. Obviously. Because the big four. But they are starting to get some contributions from their other guys. Really good lately. Josh Okogie had a twenty-seven point game. He had twenty, yeah, twenty-five plus point per uh, point game the other day. We both like Tory Craig. And yesterday, yesterday in the third quarter, late, Monty Williams decided to make a random substitution. We didn't think was going to happen. Ish Wainwright came in the game and he hit four threes in the second half. If they're going to get extra wings to show that they have some ability to help this team as a fifth starter, mostly shooting corner threes and defending. It's going to be tough to stop them. Those guys have to make shots, and Okogi, I think, was 0 of 8 yesterday from 3, so they're not going to get it every night from those guys. But if they could just have a rotating cast of characters that can consistently contribute at least a little bit, it's going to help them. Because if they don't, and they're basically playing 4 on 5 offensively most nights, hard to win, they need to get something from the other guys. Yeah, and Chris Ball, look, Chris Ball's not the same player he was. Like, I mean, he's, t- he's gotten a lot of criticism lately. Like, Look, he was an all-star last year. He wasn't this year. His shooting numbers are a little down, but he's still shooting 43% from the field. The looks he's going to get as well. well. He had a couple big jumpers in the second yeah, half yesterday. Like he's going to get wide open looks from three when you have Durant and Booker out there. Yeah. So he's really got to – if he can knock down shots, I mean, you know he's you know he's going to play, make. He's probably going to average like close to 15 assists probably in the playoffs, I'd assume. Wouldn't you think with these two guys? Yeah, but you know what, though? It, he's got to score. Yeah, no, he's got to score these 15. And he's there's going to be nights where he probably gives you eight points or something in a playoff game. That's fine. 
But there has to be a couple games where he gives you 25-plus. You think he needs 25-plus with these two guys? I think, you know, like, 15 is I, I, I think there's going to be some nights where, like, Booker is, is being defended tough and Durant doesn't have it going. They're going to need Chris to make open shots. Yeah. And they're going to need him to be the captain of the offense. And remember, like, last year, there was that one game where he had to hit 13-13 against the Pelicans. There might be a couple games in the playoffs where they need that room because teams are going to dare Chris to shoot. Right, and they're going to double up on the two other stars and say, "Chris, this is going to be your game to win us," and he has to be able to still win it. He's older, we know it. We know he's not the same that he was, but at least in flashes, he has to give them something. And then DeAndre Ayton, this is the one concern I, I guess I have outside of the fifth starter thing. He didn't get a shot yesterday from the first quarter till the fourth quarter. Yeah, he's had an unbelievable goal. season though so far. But. Like, how are they going to get him enough touches where he's motivated to play defense and do all the other things? Yeah, that's, that's, that's a question. You want to get in three or four post-ups a quarter, I think. Yeah. I know, average, this year he's averaging 18 and 10. Yeah. I know it's not the most efficient offense in the world to post him up a bunch of times. It's not ideal when you have Booker and, and Durant that could be shooting those shots. But he, he does so much else for you. And if you don't reward him offensively, it's like, why is he even doing it? Yeah. You no, know? I agree with that. And Suns have a great opportunity in front of them. And... It really is a matter of can they stay healthy? Can they put it all together? I, lo- I love Monty as a coach. And this is a team I actually do really want to see win. I think it'd be a fun story. Chris Paul is probably one of the four players of the last decade that I really want to see win a title between him, Harden, Westbrook, and Paul George. Probably. I like those four. They're like the four like guys with four like impactful like top ten players in the last decade that don't have rings. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You'd say that. You could say that, yeah. So... I want to see. I want to see them. I want to see Chris Paul get a championship, and this would be a huge title for Kevin Durant because I think, look, obviously he was traded, but I think if he leads this team to a title, I think it could get a lot of criticism off his back. So I think he, I think he knows that a little bit. Yeah, at least some of it. Yeah, some of it. Not fully, but I think he'll silence it. the naysayers. At least he'll get the. He can't do it without Steph off his back. So, yeah. but well, this is. I mean, it's it's Booker's team that he's built. But it could be Durant's team that he could finish. Yeah. Because they never got it done before. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, if they're going to win the title, Kevin Durant needs to be the best player. Yeah. There's yeah. no way about it. And I love Devin Booker, but I don't think... Can we just read off those shooting splits again, Jack? 69%. 69% from the field. 53% from three. 76% on twos. And 88% from the line 76% so far. on twos. And, of course, we didn't even mention this. Hit the game-winning jumper last night in the last 15 seconds. Over two guys. To beat their big rival to beat his, Kyrie. To defeat, to defeat his ex, yeah. Kyrie Irving. By the way, that great game yesterday was phenomenal. Yeah. That, that, no. the right now, rivalry. No, there, there's, two, there's, one, there's two series the Suns could play in the first round, possibly, that excite me. If they can get to the three seed, if they play Dallas, possibly, in the first round. Three, they, anywhere from three to six, three, six, or four, five. I'd love to see them play Golden State. I think that'd be kind of interesting. That ratings on that series would be electric. And then another series with Dallas, right. I think, would be fun. Yeah. Especially with the added element of KD and Kyrie divorce. And it would be round two of those two teams. And yeah. they don't like each other. The the Booker uh, Game Luka 14. Thing, the the, the Luca Booker thing is real. They Those guys do not like each other yeah. at all. That last, yesterday at the end of the game, that was so funny. I mean, Luca got him last year. Booker got him yesterday. Is not there's yeah. no love lost there. No love, yeah. no love. So, anything else you want to say, Jack, on this uh, on this uh, Monday, um, March sixth? I can't believe we're like five weeks from the playoffs. It's crazy that yeah, the regular yeah. season's almost over. It's like about almost a, yeah, just under a month away. I think the last game of the regular season is what April tenth, April yeah ninth or tenth, yeah. So we're getting close, and I just really hope this could be the year my Knicks could win a playoff series. But always going to be fun, always going to be exciting, and. This year, for the first time in a long time, well, there's no one true super team, and there really is like. Hopefully, it could be. I mean, it could yeah, be Phoenix. There's there's like five to six legitimate. Hopefully, there's yeah, not. There's five to six legitimate teams that could win. So, I I think actually there you could argue that there's even yeah potentially more than that. Yeah, no, there, there's a lot of parity this year, and I'm really excited. Uh, and 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 the Western Conference. Every game is so meaningful. Yeah. It's like you have to watch all these games because if you don't, you're going to miss some, something and someone's going to jump up the standings before you even realized it. Yeah. You know, or someone's going to fall down the standings before you realize it. So just so much to look out for over the last three weeks. And yes, there's going to be March Madness and a lot of college basketball to be watched, but don't sleep on what the NBA has to offer these last five weeks of the season. Since the All-Star break has returned, the quality of these games and the way the stars are playing off the charts. Yep. No doubt about it. All right. Jack, another great episode here on One on One. This podcast is produced, engineered, and co-hosted by Jack Asello and Noah Schwartz. 
Our theme music was composed by Jeffrey Taylor. One on One is executively produced by Gavin Berger and High Tops Media. You can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and follow us on Instagram and on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter as well at High Tops Media. And also check out the new High Top Sports Instagram account at High Top Sports. Uh, thanks so much, everybody, for listening. We may get an episode out next week. We'll figure it out. Again, both of us are going to be away, so it may be a little bit tough in that regard. But if not, we'll see you all in a couple of weeks. And uh, make sure you keep following basketball because the, col- the quality of the games has just been outrageously great.